Thank you all very much. Please remain within your seats. Wow. It's great to be back seeing all these faces. We thank God so much for this. We didn't know we could receive so many people on our first day, but God has been good to us. He's been so, so faithful to us as a church. And this morning, even with the invitation of our, by the invitation of our patroness, having the Pro Vice Chancellor of the University of Ghana, it's such an honor. It's just the beginning of more great things that God is going to do in our lives. We thank you all very much for honoring our invitation. To all executives present and uh, all members, I want to say thank you very much. On behalf of the campus pastor, I welcome you all back to school. Before we zoom into today's message, I'd like us to bow down our heads and say a short prayer. Yeah, We normally have to give a message in line with the theme for the year. And as Assemblies of God, Campus Ministry, Legon, what the Lord laid upon our hearts was the theme relevance. So this year we are seeking to be relevant in three areas. We are seeking to experience the relevance of worshipping God 
We are seeking to build and establish relevant relationships. And then we are seeking to become relevant people in our field of calling. And at the end of this, we hope that by the next five years to come, we will all become relevant people in society, pushing the kingdom of God forward. Amen. So this morning, I'd like to share a message with you. And the title of the message is The Reserved Seat. The Reserved Seat. And the scripture for today is going to be taken from 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 to 20. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 to 20. It's quite a long one, so I'll read. Verse 1. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zerah, the son of Berkurad, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome man from among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upwards, he was taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Please take one of the servants with you and arise. Go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha, but did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and they were not there. And he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. When he had come to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us turn, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. And he said to him, Look now, in this city, a man of God, there is a man of God in this city. He is an honorable man, and all he says surely come to pass. So let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, But if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone, and there is no present to give the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered Saul again and said, Look, I have here a handful, a, a hand, I have here at hand one fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God and tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire from God, he spoke thus, Come, let us go to the seer, for who he is now a seer, for who is now called a prophet, was formerly called a seer. Then Saul said to his servant, Well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city and the, where the man of God was. And as they went up the hill, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? And they answered them and said, Yes, he is, just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to the city because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. As soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For, before, for the, the people will not eat until he comes because he has to bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will all eat. Now therefore go up, for about this time you will find him. So as they went up to the city, as they were coming into the city, there was Samuel coming out toward them and on his way to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before. Saul came, saying, 
Tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because they, their cry has come to me. So Samuel saw so, and the Lord said to him, There he is, the man, whom, the man of whom I spoke to you. This is the one who shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me where the seer's house is. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go and tell you all that is in your heart. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on all your father's house? The word of God. Ah, sorry, I have to take it off because I'm having problems eating. And so this account is one that describes Saul's ascension to become the king of Israel. And at the end of the um, message, we are going to see some important things. The first of all being that God still rules in the affairs of men, and God is capable of putting the random activities that goes on in our life to meet his desired end. Amen. And also we are going to realize that God has all power to change all situations, regardless of our agenda. So at the end of the day, we are going to realize that our agenda may not necessarily come true, but God's agenda is what will stand. Amen. So in this account, Saul was sent to look for his father's donkeys. And they went through so many places to find the donkeys. And some of us, like Saul, we are here this morning, we are here in the University of Ghana, we are searching for our own donkeys. For some, it may be a good grade, especially for the level 400s, a good grade to push our GPAs to the very top. To the level 100s, I know up until now, some of you are even here, although you've gained admission, you don't even know why you are reading the course you are reading. And don't look at my face like it's not true. I know that there are some of you inside who up until now are reading the course and it's still funny, you don't really know. So that may be your donkey in this situation. And for the 400s, it may be to find a new partner, a new uh, passion, or what to do after your course. Oh, I'm hitting some tables. I'm shaking some tables over there. <laughs> yeah, so we are all in search of our own donkeys. And so we are going to try to relate ourselves to the story of, donkey, of Saul in his ascension to become the king. So he went out and just like anyone who was sent, if your father is going to send you out on a mission and he asks you to go and pick one servant, You'd probably go and then pick a servant who is more athletic or who can do more jobs so that you can sit in your place of command and then just say, hey, run here, do this, do that. So p- perhaps that's what Saul did. He went and then randomly he chose a servant. He said, you, you, come with me. Now, the funny thing is that even the Bible does not give the name of this servant. But as we read on in scriptures, we find out that this servant played a key role in the life of Saul that led to his agenda to become the king of Israel. And so 
we are going to understand that God can use the very random of things in our lives. We may meet someone per chance at the library, at the cafeteria, at the hall, in our rooms, anywhere. But God has the power to mix up everything in our life and then make it for his good. Amen. And so we are going to start with the first place that Saul visited. And when they were looking for the donkeys, they went, the Bible says they went through the land of Ephraim. Now I took time to study these places and then what they meant. You know, in Israel, anything, any name that was given to a particular place has some historic uh, nature about it. They don't just call a place by something. Something must have happened there. That's why they give a name to that place. So I checked the concordance for Mountain of Ephraim. And what I got was a place of fruitfulness. Now, just like Saul, many of us have come to a place where it's so fruitful. They tell us you have numerous opportunities ahead of you in life. There's so much that you can do. But deep down within you, you still know you are seeking out for something, but you may not have reached that thing that you are looking for. So they went through the land of Ephraim, a place of fruitfulness, but still they didn't find their donkeys. They went through, looked over everything, scouted the whole area in sign of a donkey, but there was no donkey. And then they went to a place called Shalisha. In Shalisha, what it means traditionally is a place of three valleys. Now, whoever has done geography would know that a valley is always in between two two mountains. So if they went through the land of Shalisha, it means they climbed up to one mountain looking for the donkey. They thought, oh, maybe they will see a donkey, and then they come down. Then they climb back up, oh, I think the donkey is here. They go, there's no donkey, they come back to the valley. They go to another place, then they come back. Now, for some of us, we may relate to this story. We may have ever been at one point in our life where we thought we were so going to get this opportunity. Maybe you apply for an internship or you uh, subscribe to something and then you felt that this is my time to get it. And then the effort that you put in it was reflecting so well that you almost thought that you would achieve it. But you get there and then there's something and then you have to come and start all over. There's something you have to come back all over. So that is the, Mount, the Valley of Shalisha. Three times they went up, came down, went up, came down. And then they came to a place of Shalim. Now Shalim is a place of jackals. And for those who know jackals, jackals are animals that... They normally make mockery of things around them. They laugh at you. Jackals are known to be very bad laugh. Uh, what do you call it? People who tease other animals. So this is where they got to looking for their donkeys in the land of Charlie. And they were just mocking them. Oh, you are looking for a donkey. I had a donkey by this time. Come on. And the, the sad thing about being in a place or being a point in our, a point in our life called Shalim is that the people who sometimes will laugh at you are people that you even may have helped some time ago. If it were your enemies laughing at you, it wouldn't have been any problem. After all, that's their job description. The job of an enemy is to laugh at you. And you also laugh at your enemies, so don't look, look at me some way. But that's what we all do. So if, if, even if it were your enemies laughing at you, it would have been normal. But you get to this point in your life where the people you have even held before, instead of helping you find out what you are looking for, 
they tend to laugh at you and make mockery of you. Now, this is the particular point where Saul was. And for a man like Saul, like looking at how the Bible described him, head and shoulder above everybody, like he would say, well, come on, these are just donkeys. You know what, let's stop, let's go back. And the servant said, no, let's go again, let's push forward. Perhaps we may find them. So they went again to the next city, to the land of the Benjamites. And the land of the Benjamites in history uh, translates to the place of the right hand. So they got to this place of the right hand, knowing that, okay, after all the teasing and the mockery that people have given us, perhaps if this is the place of the right hand, we will find out what we are looking for and then just go back. After all this mockery, we have struggled, struggled, hassled, hassled. We are in this place of the right hand. We definitely must find the donkeys. But they didn't find it. They didn't find it. So they moved to the next city. And in this place, it's very funny. Because Zuf is a place of overflow. And they got to the place of overflow and they realized, Saul said, you know what? Enough is enough. Let's, let's just go back. Because it's getting late. We have moved through uh, Ephraim, a place of fruitfulness. We've gone through Shalisha. We've gone through Shalim. People have teased us. We got to a place where people told us, oh, we have the right qualification to get this job. We have the right thing to find these donkeys. But then it didn't work. I'm fine. So what do we do? Let's just go back home. And it says so much about Saul's character because over here we get to realize that the random choice or the random selection of the servant is the one that comes to play over here. So this is where the servant says, no, master, let us go to the next town. Now, as to how the servant knows there's a prophet, but the master doesn't know there's a prophet, is another character of Saul that we all have to ask God when we get to heaven. I surely will ask him. But the servant had money, the master didn't have money. And then the servant said, you, let's go. Saul said, even if you go, what will I even give the man of God? All our bread is all gone. And we don't, I don't have any money for him. So when we go, what are we going to do? You know, you just can't go and see a man of God and say, oh, my donkeys are missing. Find them for me. You won't do anything. Then the servant says, no, master, let's try one more time. Let's go to one more city. They went and then they met some ladies at the well, probably fetching water. And then they asked, where is the seer? Now the seer was in the next town. So Samuel was an itinerary prophet. What this means is that he kept moving from one point to the other, one point to the other. Because in those days, Israel didn't have a king. So Samuel and his sons were the ones ruling over the nation of Israel. So they kept, he kept moving from one point to the other. So it was just by mere, should I say, chance or luck that they even met Samuel coming in the next city. But one thing that we have to take note of the servant's attitude is that in our selection of friends, if we do not make the right ones, we, are, we may miss our mark. Because this servant here, if not for the money he had on him, they probably wouldn't have found the donkeys. And we all have that one friend in our lives. We probably may not be paying particular attention to them. We have that friend who says, oh, 
Try one more time. One more all night. One more prayer meeting. One more uh, group study. One more thing. You know, you know, sometimes, Prof, I know you've been through it before, but studying in the university, I have a friend. It's like every semester, he has to research a paper. And sometimes it's so sad. He comes and then he, he's so broken and all that. He studies all right, but then something just happens. And I thank God I was that one friend in his life who encouraged him to rewrite the paper. And he did it, and then today, by God's grace, he has no paper. He's, I think he's in upper now, and he's doing fairly well now. So we all must try to be that one friend. Our friends may bring their situations to us, and sometimes we can help them. Don't just hear a problem and then say, oh, well, you are the one who got yourself into this trouble. So you deal with it. But let's all be like this servant. And then help our friends move on to the next city. Because when they go high, they will surely remember us. Now imagine he being the servant who went with Saul and then Saul has now become anointed as the king of Israel. It means his position is also going to change. But he was doing it just to look for donkeys. But they got there and then they realized that the agenda which they set out with from the beginning was not the plan of God. God had a different plan. So they went on, they met Samuel, told Samuel, our donkeys are missing. Then Samuel just saw him and then God told him in his ear. Just like how God told Samuel, how he called Samuel in the beginning, Samuel, Samuel, and when he ran to Elkanah. So the Lord had already told him the day before that, look, I'm going to send a young man to come your way. And when you meet him, anoint him as king over my people. And so Samuel is just going by his normal day and then all of a sudden, he meets a man approaching him, and the Lord says to him, this is the one I told you about, anoint him as king. So now you see how God works. Someone moves out from his house, thinking, oh, I'm just looking for donkeys. But then, in God's plan, he was in a journey to become a king. He was looking for donkeys. It got to a point, he said, oh, I don't even have bread. But then we read later in the scriptures to find out that there were a group of people waiting for him. There was a portion reserved for him. There was prime beef waiting for him. The choicest of meats of all Israel waiting for the king. But here was Saul. When he got to Zuf, the place of overflow, he gave up. If not for this particular servant, he would have missed it. So this morning, I just want to encourage us that, yes, we may have come to school for level 400 probably have a similar situation like my friend. You keep trying and trying and then the efforts are not really showing. Or you are in a relationship and then it looks like every time you are the one causing trouble or you are the one at fault. Or perhaps things are not really going on well in your life and you, you feel like, well, this is the end of it. I, I can't find it. Like so, you want to return and then go back to where it all began. You may probably be in level 100 now, and then you are reading a course where you've not even seen the head or the tail of it. And you may be wondering, what can I do? How can I come out of this? You may be in Ephraim. You may be in Shalisha now. You may be in Shalim. You're probably at a place where your, your friends make mockery of your situation. You tell them about the problem you have, and then they just laugh at you. Things are not going on well in your life. You just want to give up. This morning, I'm telling you that in God's plan and in God's will, 
He has a way of aligning us to meet his purpose. This was a man who was coming out looking for donkeys, not knowing God was positioning him to become a king of Israel. He was just going looking for donkeys for his father. He was just running an errand. Little did he know that that day he was going to be anointed as a king of Israel. And when you get there, so ask yourself, ah, me, I'm the least of, in my father's house. When you even come to the tribe of Benjamin, my father is a nobody. How can you anoint me as king? It's not done. But God's selection and his favor over us will surely reign over man's purposes in our lives. People may write you off. People may say all sorts of things about you. And you, you may even get to the point where when they are even handing over something to you, it will blow your mind. Short story about myself and my life. I never knew I would be here today. I never knew. I, I, I didn't even have, I always passed through University of Ghana, but I always had a mind to go to KNUSC to study construction. I didn't know how I'd end up here. I came to uh, Legon, very infuriated, because I didn't know. People say, oh, when you do accounts, French, geography, you have a lot of opportunities. You ask them, what can I do? So you work in a bank. All my life, I didn't want to work in a bank. I say, because the bank is so tiring. You go, you leave the house. I did internship before. So you go 5 a.m., you come back around 7, you're tired. And then the cycle is, little did I know that it didn't have anything to do with me. Perhaps if I had gone to KNUSC, I may not be any leader over there. But then today I can say there are some people through me have been helped. Recent, recently, uh, at the previous graduation that was held, one of my roommates, he came to me and said, Daniel, thank you very much. He was crying. I asked him, hey, what's the problem? He said, if not for you inviting me to one HDC, that was it. I was going to give up because I have tried and tried and tried, but nothing seems to work. But it was you who encouraged me. It got to a point, this boy was not going for lectures. He was just sleeping because he says, at the end of the day, my highest grade would be an E. So he came to HDC um, as a nation prayer, I saw it one time, and then we, normally we give, we give our souvenirs, we give him a pen, and I gave him the pen. He did a combined major with uh, linguistics and accounts. So the linguistics results came out, and for the first time in like since level 100, he scored A, 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 A. Then he called me and said, hey, what's up, what's up? Open a age, I said, what do you mean open a age, man? And this boy is so loud. He kept shouting, screaming, screaming. And then the corn scheme, I think he had the deal. So he said, oh, so I had the engagement. I had the engagement. Yeah, yeah, not one vampire. But then through that, he was able to push on. He got to know that if he puts in one more effort, it may eventually lead to something. And this boy ended up with a second class lower. But the kind of excitement and joy that he has with him, he says, Dan, if not for what you did, I probably would have not even written the exam or just, because I do everything and all you see is EF, 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 EF. But if not for what you did, I probably wouldn't have graduated. And then he thanked me so much. I can go on and on and on with the kind of things God has used me to do in the lives of so many people. And sometimes you just look at it and say, well, Probably this is the reason why I came here. Sometimes it may not even be about you. You may think, oh, I am just randomly going through life 
living my life, minding my business, getting a good job, and then, but like so, we are going through a process and a journey to our reserved position. Paul puts it in a better way in Romans. He says that those who he foreknew, he predestined them to conform to the image of Christ. And if the image of Christ is glory from one glory to another, then I don't believe that any Christian is anything short of the glory of Christ. It means we are destined to the very top. It means we are supposed to be in the point and the position whereby the pillars of societies rely on us. We are going to be so much influential, so relevant in our societies that when we speak, God may have his way. Today, that's what God is asking of all of us. You may be here. Today, Prof is here. And I don't think Prof ever taught as a level 100 student that she was ever even going to become a lecturer in the University of Ghana. Little did she know, from lecturer, senior lecturer, went through the ranks. I think I saw when she became associate professor, the banner on campus, and then pro VC. And then today she's in a contest to become the vice chancellor of the University of Ghana. She's the only lady amongst them. And I believe strongly in my heart that God has a message through it all. Because I'm sure she was minding herself. I don't know if she was in Volta Hall or in Mensa Saba. I'm sure Saba, when the boys were charging the Oko boys, they said, ah, look at this boy. Said, let me hurry up and get her. Little did she know that she would come back in the same place, become pro and one day even contest to become the vice chancellor of this university. But that is what God does in our lives. Today, what is your donkey? And where are you? These are the two questions I'll leave you with. What is your donkey and where are you? Are you in the place of Ephraim, where everything looks fruitful, but you are still not getting your donkeys? Are you in Shalisha? Do you seem to have gotten hold of a position? And then you come back down. Then you come up, oh, it's here. Then you come back down. Then you come up, oh, it's here. Are you in that position in your life? Or are you at Charlene? Are you in a place where when you even tell people about the kind of ideas and visions that you want to accomplish, people just make mockery of you? Or are you in the lamp of Zoop? Where inside of you, you feel it's so going to work, but outside of you, you're still not holding it. I'm just here to tell you that there is a next city ahead of you, and that is the city of Rama. And there are people standing on their feet waiting for you to come. Like Saul, there is a reserved seat for you. There is an anointed seat waiting for you to come up and take possession and dominion of it. One thing I like so much about what Prophet said, that as a Christian, the good thing is that when you fall, you rise back up. So you're in level 400. Do not rise yourself down. You're probably in a place where you think your great points can have absolutely nothing. You know what? Just leave it to God. There are so many stories in the Bible. There are so many things there's so many examples that I could give. So many. Why don't you just try for one more time? You come to church every day. People say, oh, Abraham had covenant with God. This one had covenant. Why don't you say, me to this time, I want to try it and see. Let me also see what people say about God. Let me, let me see. They say God is a healer. 
when I am sick, let me pray and then see what God will do. They say God is, uh, uh, he, he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Maybe at this point, you may not have even paid all your school fees. You, have, you, have, you want to trust God and say, God, I'm going to dedicate myself to you. I'm going to serve you faithfully. I'm going to do this. I'm leaving this in your care. You said if I submit myself unto you, you will do this for me. You will do that for me. Why don't we enter into such covenants with God? Because people, there's a race we have ahead of us. There's a race to run. And we must run with endurance. And the only thing that we can do this, the only way we can do this is through Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can do this for us. Jesus is the only one. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. In Exodus, Moses meets the burning bush. He says, who are you? When I go, what should I tell the people? Who, who sent me? What name should I? Because the Egyptians have uh, Anubis. They have God of... Ra, they have God of water, God of rain, God of food and all that. So which kind of God are you? He says, I am. At a point, the first time I read, I am, I thought now, God, or to Moses, I said, oh, I am. I mean, God, how can you tell me? Who are you? He said, I am. Um, give me your name. He said, God of rain, God of fire, God of tender. God, so you to which one? Maybe you are the God of, but which are you? He says, I am. Take it or leave it. And what God was trying to get to Moses was that I am everything you ever need me to be. If you want a healer, Jehovah Rapha. If you want someone to be there with you, I'm Jehovah Shammah. If you want a provider, I'm Elwood. Elwood. Eh? El? Jehovah Jireh. I am that. So that is an infinite name that God gave us. So today in your life, what do you need God to be? What do you need him to be? You need him to help you with your academics. You need him to help you secure a position that you are in. You need him to help you get, what do you call it, national service, a placement for national service. You need him for good. You are trusting him for good grades. We are here in level 100. You are trusting that God will see you through the semester. You are trusting that everything will go on well for you. Probably you left home and then there was so much chaos. You are trusting God. God, by the time I get there, you are the prince of peace. Please let peace be in my house. Let peace reign. Sometimes it's not so much. You don't ask God for so much. It's just a little, little things. There's so much distraction at home. You, you are praying that God, I'm, I'm leaving this into your hands. Come and then have your way. Come and then bring peace. That is all I ask. I'm not asking for money. But some you may need money. Some you are looking for a scholarship. Some you are looking for something. But with God, all things are possible. There was a lady here in AGCM. Every semester, she would pack and be the first to report in her room. But the fees would not be paid. As to how she entered the hall, because prophecy, I can't see. But she would be the first person to get here. Without any provisions, just her wash clothes. And by the time we all come back, her fees would have been paid. How it was paid, she doesn't know. But all of a sudden, God pulls one thing, one strength from here, one thing from here. She finished and then she gained, a, I think she got a scholarship to Aberdeen to do her master's. So someone who has struggled with paying fees, uh, she got to Aberdeen to 
she got, I think, a master's in computer engineering. She got there and then normally she has to go to the secretariat, Ghana Secretariat Council or whatever. She got there and then she was told she doesn't have any political affiliation. And so she can't get a scholarship. So, so intelligent, first class honest. She has all the qualifications, but these people are saying, because she doesn't have any political affiliation, they can't help it. And then she came, she called, she said, Daniel, I want, through AGCM, I got to meet Bernard Avley. And then she said she wants Bernard's number. And I said, for Bernard, his number, it does, I can't give it to you just like that. What are you going to tell him? And you finish and say, Daniel gave me my number. What if he blocks me too? What if one day I need my chance? What could I have a chance, Amame? So I normally wouldn't have done that. But she kept calling and calling. I picked up the call. She said she wants Bernard's number. That day, I don't know what touch. Immediately she said it. I just gave it to her. And then she said she calls Bernard. And Bernard never picks his phone calls. You only have to text him or go through his PA before you pick up the call. And she goes to call the guy. He picks up and says, well, come and meet me in my office. Before he holds the city breakfast show, calls the lady in. The lady narrates the story. Says, look, your story is a very touching one. We are in an election year. What I'm going to do is that you, the school, you go. If not for anything, city will pay for you. City FM will pay for you to go and do your master's. And if these politicians come back and then they say that, oh, what, 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 I will put it on air and say, this is what they said to you. And I'm going to be the one to fight for you. This lady didn't have any fighter. She has lost her dad. Her mother is some old woman, an old farmer. It's by God's grace she came to the University of Ghana. God wants to lift her to another place. They said, boy, you don't have political affiliation. But God just works through it, works through it, and gets someone to fight for him, someone to fight for him, someone influential to do it. So God has a way of doing our bidding for us. Like I said, I don't know what you are trusting him for. I don't know what you are believing him for. But just put him to a test. Say, God, this is what I want. This is what I need. Please help me. And then see it. That way, when people come, we too, look at how Prof and Doc are here. They can share so many stories about their life. They talk about God. I, sometimes I look at my parents talking about God and then I wonder, hey, God, cry, what, what did you do? Because my mother doesn't really know the Bible like that. That's according to me. But the way she believes in God, she says, Nana, Especially when I go through troubles and then I'm so worried and so disturbed about something. Then I said, said, So why do you leave some things to your, 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 your worry and then you leave some things to God? You worship Him, you think He can't do something for you. God is all able, He can do everything. Let us trust him. Let us get a story for ourselves that we can tell our children. That our children and our children's children to come. We tell them, this point in my life, this is where I got to. This is the covenant I had with God. And God showed up, and God showed up, and God showed up, and God showed up. Your testimony is far greater than what is written in the letters of the Bible. Because you tell him, at this point, this is what happened to me. And this is how God saved me. When he gets there, he also remember. That hey, this is what my dad said. This is what he did. And that is how we can build a godly heritage for God. 
And that is how, when we get to our reserve seat, we will be able to push God's agenda. Like I said, Jesus is the only way. He's the only truth. There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I can stand here and then say, aside present Jesus to you as the truth. Today, you may think you have a broken relationship with God. You may think he doesn't need you or you are worthless or you have sinned or you've done something and then your relationship with him probably isn't the best. And so you yourself, you've written yourself off. You may be seated here when we are worshiping, raising your hands, doing all that. But deep down, you know, you do not have any connection or any relationship with God. But he's the only one who can help you. He's the only one who is there for you. He's the only one. When all else fails, he's the only one who can help you. As I come to a close, I'd like us to rise to our feet. Say, say a word of prayer. You know the position that you are in in your life. You know the kind of donkeys you are looking for in your life. You know the God that I have presented to you now. Talk to him. Talk to him this morning. He is your father. Talk to him. Talk to him. Tell him your problems. Tell him what you desire. Tell him what you are looking for.
say thank you for your word. Your word has reached us. We ask that you continue to place it in our hearts. Let us remember all times that there is indeed a reserved seat for us. Let us always know that, Father, you love us. You love us so dearly and you are willing to do everything for us. Let us remember. There are times where we forget your place in our lives, O Lord. But, Lord, cause us to remember. Let us always remember, Lord, that you are there for us. You are fighting battles that we do not see. You are opening doors that we cannot open. You are doing things that we cannot do. You are positioning and aligning the friends we have in our life for your greater purpose. Give us the strength and then the endurance, O Lord, to go through these positions in our lives. That when we get there, O Lord, we may have a testimony of you. That when we get there, O Lord, we can share how good your love is unto all men. We commit everything into your hands. You know the secrets of our hearts. You know the pains that we carry every night. You know our greatest heart's desire. This morning we say you are the only one who can truly meet it. And so come. Ye who is help of the helpless, come and help us, Lord. Come and help us. This we pray of thee. In Jesus' name, amen.